Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fight Disciples. Look at this, eh? Thursday Night Live. This could be a new thing, man. We could, we, this could be our new thing. Yeah. Where instead of sitting down and pre-recording podcasts, we just hit you with some live stuff. In the Northern MMA. Welcome to it. This is the Fight Disciples YouTube channel. I hope you are well. Um, before we get stuck into a reaction to the biggest news uh, in boxing that's probably happened for the best part of 25 years. <laughs> um, we would like to encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Listen, we're on uh, YouTube, of course, and that's where we're trying to grow the community. As you are watching this on YouTube, we are live streaming. So everything is happening as we speak right now. So it's a fully interactive program. So if you want to interact with the show, we've got a comment section, ping it around. Hopefully everything works today. I've had a couple of problems. That's why I've got mad headphones on, look like I'm a character from Bo Selector and all that type of stuff. We're just trying to piece it all together, do it uh, as we normally do it and uh, hopefully make it enjoyable for you. So you can interact with the program today. Please subscribe to us uh, via uh, the YouTube channel. And if you just want to listen to us not like you normally do uh, on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis, you can visit our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything is there. Uh, the reason why my mate's sniffing and wiping his brow. He's been back on the old fiver side this evening, aren't you, pal? Making, uh, making, look at dad there. Look at the dad. Go on. Still got me footy shorts and socks on here. Just took my boots off literally two minutes ago. Ah, uh, mate. I thought you'd have gone for a full, full kit, you. Fuck you. I'll take that highly offensively. Pair of footy shorts. I actually don't usually wear footy socks, but it is what it is. It was a bit cold today, so I had them pulled up to my knees. But uh, how'd you get on? Did you get any? No, I didn't you, get you any. Keep bra- you keep bragging that you're oh. a bit of a striker, man. That you know where the back of the net is. That you're a bit of a Mark Viduka. So go on. What's I the am. script? Yeah, but not today. I was uh, I was rushing there. I was five minutes late on the pitch because obviously I was watching there as much as the of the Usyk Fury presser as I possibly could. Then then when I got on the pitch. It took me 20 minutes to shake off the New York pizza and burger and beer belly. Nice. So a couple of passes went missing astray. So I went, you know what? Marco Brazi tonight, back at centre half. I'll just control it from here. So there you go. Mar- Marco Brazi? There's lad, yeah. His brother. I'm not Bob <laughs> Brazi, obviously. <laughs> I'm not so bold to call me the real Brazi. His brother. The guy who owns the pizza parlor in Rome. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Crack and five aside. <laughs> got to put a shift in, mate. You know what I mean. You got to put it. a shift. Obviously, some uh, winter's coming. You've got to get yourself ready for the, all them roast buds and cheese boards that you're going to be knocking back when the big you man comes me. down the old chimney. I have a target weight for December. I think most most men in our mature years over the age of thirty, we all have a target weight for December. If you get to your target weight by the start of December. Then you can cut loose in December. Then you can pile on the pounds mm. without any. What you don't want to do is get into December big, heavy, because you know, oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long old January, February if you do that. So, so yeah, the race is on now just to get a 
get a few get a few pounds off. Got some bad news for you because uh, Sam's just sent us a message here and it's just come to the top of uh, my message board. I've opened a 50s themed ice cream parlor. Oh. And the boys are welcome to eat for free here uh, anytime. There you go, mate. It's on the on the screen there, pal. There's Sam. Sam, tremendous. appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and that is absolutely. obviously proof that we've got a fully interactive show. So if there is stuff that has happened over the last two days uh, from the world of boxing that you want to obviously converse about, you're more than welcome to do so. Stick it in the comment section and we will uh, try and address it um, as we are addressing everything um, that we want to talk about as well. Um, we're going to do this with the things that have just happened and then we will obviously go back uh, to yesterday and get stuck back into that. Um, we're going to do it all in one pot and hopefully when we press the button, everything will be there for you to go back and have a little bit of a, a look through it whenever you want to look through it. Now then, who comes up with the names for these shows? We've had Battle of the Baddest, and now we've got Ring of Fire. <laughs> Who comes up with them? It, it reminded me when we did that chili challenge in New York for oh. TNT Sports, and we were eating, drinking all the different types of hot chili. Yeah. The morning after was Ring of Fire, yeah. Uh, listen, what was the other one as well? What was the original one that we had? Oh, Battle of the Baddest, sorry, yeah. Battle of the Baddest, yeah, Battle of the Baddest was Absolutely. the Engarni Absolutely. Well... I'll tell you who thinks of them. The guy who does everything else over at Queensbury. Probably Dev, because Dev's Dev's the uh, <laughs> superstar over there. He probably comes up with the names and everything. He yeah. writes the theme tune. He sings the theme tune. You name it, Dev is the man. So uh, I yeah. don't Day of Reckoning, which is the which is the AJ Wallen one. Yeah. I don't mind that. I actually think that works. But Ring of Fire. Very strange. Very Johnny Cash. Maybe they're doing something a little bit different. Maybe the ring will be on fire, and that's kind of the... Hey! Maybe that's what they're going to do. Don't give Sheikh Turkey al any ideas, kid. Mate, Sign do you remember... Up for that. Well, we've just obviously been speaking quite a lot about the 30-year anniversary of the UFC, and the original UFC octagon drawings did involve a moat and crocodiles yeah, circling true. the cage. So, you know, maybe we're taking this um, full John claude band down. Maybe that's where we're going. Or a bit of Enter the Dragon or something like that. <laughs> the Bath fans just put, will they eat a giant curry before the fight? That just mm. adds a completely different element to the fight. Imagine taking a body shot after a belly full of uh, Vindaloo. Now, that would be Ring of Fire. But it is, it is a bizarre name. Surely, you know... It's the first time it's happened potentially. Well, first time we've crowned an undisputed champion since 1999. And that's Mike, the best Mike, we could do. Mike, who's producing the show, can you see Simon's message there, mate? Where it says he's come up with a good name. I think we've we've heard it before. No, not that one. Just uh, just uh, the screen oh, there change. Is, yeah. There you go. Look at that. Simple. Rowdy, rowdy in Saudi. Mm -hmm. Let's get rowdy in Saudi. Yeah. Sorry, good suggestion, mate. Good suggestion. Um, we're not going to spend the night, obviously, coming up with new names for uh, what is coming because we're excited. Let's be dead straight about this. Yes, we take the piss a lot about uh, various things that happen in this sport. And yes, uh, we do flag up uh, when things annoy us and when things are negative. There's nothing to get upset about when the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world has been announced. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury, WBC champion, taking on the unified champion, Alexander Usyk. The date is going to be February the 17th. That's been hotly muted throughout the course of the week. I'm sure that's not news to you. And obviously the date is going to, uh, the place is going to be Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Again, that's not news to you, but it's always nice to have something confirmed, to see two men on the top table. We'll make comments on that in a minute. Um, but when the press conference is there and they're making an official announcement, it's always good to see uh, and that's when the fans can genuinely start to get excited about. It's been 
a long time in coming, of course. 1999 was the last time that we had the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. 25 of the world. years. We've not had one in the four belt era, which is absolutely madness. Yeah. Um, and we've had plenty of opportunity, as I've highlighted on previous programs, over the last three to five years with various people that are in charge of being able to put that fight together, of, of making it happen. And obviously, for various reasons, it hasn't happened. Um, but Saudi Arabia um, and Riyadh season have come along with a boatload of cash, whacked it on the table, which has satisfied a lot of ego, a lot of greed. And that's why we find ourselves now in the position where we, can, as boxing fans, can get extremely excited and sit here and say, our generation are finally going to see the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. It's something that you always dream of when you're a kid and you play fighting in your in your living room or something like that, and you're watching the Rocky Balboa films and all that type of thing. When you end up winning that contest against your dad when you're a kid, you would always crown yourself the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, wouldn't you? And like I said, I'm of an era or an age where I was lucky enough to be in my what late teens when Lennox Lewis defeated Evander Holyfield to see the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. I've never been in and around one working. Everybody knows that I'm probably still not going to be in and around one working, but it is what it is. <laughs> but still to be doing this podcast that we've created over the last few years and to be in this community with you lot, who are also probably as excited as we are to get to see the two premier heavyweights dance in the first quarter of next year, six weeks into the new year, is a real thrilling thought, man. It's, it's, what a fight, isn't it? What it, it, listen, a fight. It's the fight that we've been demanding. It's the fight that every fan wants to see. It's the fight that, you know, ever since Usyk uh, beat AJ back to back, it's the only fight that matters in the entire division. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's finally happening now. Um, you know, we've had to be patient, haven't we? We've had to allow Tyson to fill his bank account on a couple of occasions, most recently against Francis Ngannou. He'd come through a rather difficult night there. I thought he looked awful that night. I don't think he will look anything like the way he did that night when he steps in there against Alexander Usyk because he knows if he does, he'll, he'll lose. But I think we'll see Fiori return back to his Deontay Wilder 2 and 3 mm. kind of form, kind of size. You know, we will be taking this 100% seriously. But one thing we know for sure, that Alexander Usyk has taken his entire career seriously. And he's the one, for me, that's had to bend and wait and be patient. And he's the one that's truly made this fight happen. Uh, listen, I think... Well, I think, I, I think the fellas in Saudi Arabia have made the fight happen, haven't they? No, they're, the, they're I mean, the people. Of course, exactly, yeah. Because, fans, because, because Tyson needed a piece and Tyson wanted the biggest money we've seen in the sport. And evidently that's what the Saudi Arabians are putting on the table. I've just seen a message there from Simon Clancy as well. Just quickly to answer that. Yes, there is a rematch clause tight there, Simon. I think it works both ways as well. Mm. So mm. more than likely we're going to see two fights here. I don't think either of these guys gets rid of the other one inside six rounds. So I think whatever happens, we're going to have a narrative to sell a second fight. Put it this way, if we're getting a second fight between Terence Clawford and Errol Spence, when that was a masterclass, I certainly think we'll be getting a second fight with Tyson Fury uh, and Alexander Usyk. We'll come on to whether the bald belts will be on the line in a little yeah. bit later in the show. I'm sure they won't. But yeah. all that matters for me now is Feb 17 is the day. That's the big fight. That's the fight that boxing has demanded, boxing has deserved, boxing has needed. And if we all have to praise Sheikh uh, Al-Turk, then we all have to praise him. 
because he's. Do you know what I love about you? Over the line. Do, do you know what I change, love about you? Change his name every time. Mate, like. You are unbelievable on pronunciations, aren't you? Unbelievable. I'm gonna <laughs> just. I'll shake. I'm, I'm just gonna. Let his you excellency. Keep I'll just say his excellency, like mate, every fighter that. does. His excellency. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the press conference? What did you make of it? Um, listen, I, I thought the press conference was what we've come to expect in a short space of time from the Saudis, from this Riyadh, you know, which let's face it, six months ago, six months ago, nobody probably in, in, in Britain had ever even heard of the, the, the Riyadh season. But what we've come to expect is no expense spared, incredible visuals, incredible setup. What, what really has continues to impress me, it was yesterday and it is today, is the number of bloody promoters that have managed to come together to join all the dots to make the fights especially announced yesterday, but also this fight as well. This is revolutionary stuff, man. You know, Hearn and, and, and Warren being on the top table together yesterday, this is, this is where the sport's going. And it's the Saudi money that's facilitated it. Now, mm. there's a bigger question here about, you know, like every sport is having now, like golf has happened, like football is having, like cricket is having, whether the Saudi money and Saudi, what the Saudis are doing with sport is good for sport. But boxing was never going to raise that question. Boxing, especially heavyweight boxing, it's all in. And I think what I took most from the press conference was we're getting the fight we want most of all. And I can't wait for it. I cannot wait. And you know what? I'm flip-flopping because prior to the Nganu debacle, I was like, Tyson, a good big and just beats a good little. Mm. And don't get me wrong, they're not good. They're great. They are great fighters, you know. They, they, they'd have they'd have been successful in any era. I truly believe that Usyk at cruiserweight potentially coming up to heavyweight like Holyfield and, and Tyson purely with his boxing IQ and his size. You know, we've never seen a heavyweight as dominant, as fast, as big as he is. So this era needed it and and... Just seeing them on the pre on the table together, getting this fight on, confirming the date, I was like, okay, man, this is a massive step in the right direction for the sport. Loads of interesting comments coming in. And as I keep saying, it is a live show. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel because we're going to do more of these in the not-too-distant future. We just had a message. Oh, I'll read that whilst I'm not screaming. My eyes are terrible. Uh, do you guys think Nganu... Uh, gets any shots at the undisputed once this fight's dusted or is an eliminator against Yang more likely? Um, I I kind of alluded to this yesterday and I apologise that the upload messed up, so I'll, I'll, I'll go over it. Regarding Francis Ngannou, obviously he was ranked uh, with the WBC as we saw in the top 10 um, a little earlier on this week at the convention. Now, if you're Francis Ngannou, that then puts you in line to become a voluntary for a world title shot. Does he get a shot at Undisputed? No, I don't think he does because I think Undisputed is only going to be a one-hitter quitter. Again, on the show yesterday, I was alluding to the fact that the IBF will probably strip whoever becomes Undisputed to allow their number one and number two to fight for uh, the what would then be a vacant championship. Hence, Anthony Joshua fighting Otto Wallen. Otto Wallen is currently the number two. Anthony Joshua wants that slot. Then he will fight Philip Pergovic, and that'll be the IBF side of stuff. This is a two-way rematch close between Usyk and Fury. I think once that is all done and dusted and whoever holds that WBC belt, Francis Ngannou, given the fact what he did against Tyson Fury, puts him in a really good position to then make a claim for a voluntary defence for that new champion to say, yeah, go on then, because it makes a ton of cash. 
a, a real <laughs> ton of cash, especially if it's yeah. Fury. If it's a rematch yeah. with Fury, it is absolutely astronomical, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think the rematch with Fury happens regardless of what happens. I think there's too much money on the table. And Tyson won't want the question marks about that fight to be something that haunts him throughout his career. I don't think he will retire anytime. You see, I think coming through Usyk, he's kind of not really got much left. He'll, he'll start talking about feeling like he's in a clitch career again. And who knows what's going to happen with AJ on the 23rd. Hopefully he comes through that fight and suddenly that becomes a viable option again. But I absolutely believe, I agree with you, I think Nganu sits on the couch, waits for this thing to play out, and then goes, right, Tyson Fury, let's renegotiate with the Saudis. This time, instead of 10 million, I want 20 million and come and get that. It's a win, but it's a win with an asterisk Tyson Fury, isn't it? I personally, you know, I'll reiterate it. I think he got, <laughs> I think he lost. I think Nganu nicked it. I think Nganu pinched it by a round or two. So I think we'll see Nganu Fury in the future once more, absolutely. Um, St- uh, this has come from Stacey XX. Fury was definitely rattled. He always kicks <laughs> off when he knows someone is a threat to him. Like Paul, does that say? Like Paul, what does that what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a, a printing error or something like that. Listen, I've got a little bit of a different take on this. I don't I don't know how you've taken to it. First and foremost, right? Let's talk about Usyk at a press conference. Dude looked good, man. Turns up all black suit, looking like James Bond, look or looking like a James Bond villain. Looked mm-hmm. mint, didn't he? Turned up for the premiere night of his boxing life, boxing career. And this is a guy that has won gold medals at the Olympics. He's already become undisputed at Cruiserweight, but becoming the undisputed heavyweight championship would be his absolute piece de resistance, the cherry on top of his cake. And he turned up looking a million dollars, right? You are never, ever going to rattle that fella. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good your trash talk is. You are never in a million years going to rattle Alexander Usyk. The geezer turned up at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on his own wearing a stony for crying out loud, man. Mm -hmm. You are not going to intimidate him when you've got 90,000 of your own fans screaming for the fella's blood. He doesn't care. You on the top table, calling him a rabbit, calling him ugly, calling him whatever, is water off a duck's back. The fella's held a gun on the front line for his bumming nation for crying out loud at war. Nothing is going to intimidate him. You're wasting your time. I understand why you're doing it, to try and get under his skin, but it's not the same as when you did it with uh, Vladimir Klitschko. This is a completely different animal. Oh, this, dude, this dude's not going to get rattled. Yeah, or oh, Wilder. Wilder's probably a better example, actually. I think I think what, what, what I took away from it, and, and you know, we've seen a similar thing happen with Conor McGregor over the years as well. Tyson, when you know, we talk about Tyson, the Klitschko days and 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 that kind of era, he was hilarious. He had that like northern humor about banter. him. He was so Charm. funny. The ban- yeah. yeah, it was charm and banter and all that. And even with Wilder, because Wilder bit on it, he was able to, you know, he come out with those suits on, and you know, all the press conferences were super entertaining because he knew he was getting under Wilder's skin. But with Usyk, what I found, what I thought earlier, I thought, well, this this press has been in the books for well over a week, probably a long, a lot longer than that. They knew they want to get together. They knew they're going to put the microphone in their faces. You know, Usyk will always play the stoic Ukrainian, I will do my talking inside the ring kind of thing, because he's always a, done that that's, that's throughout his career. That's a terrific impression, by the way. I know. But I won't do I won't do Tyson. <laughs> I was just a little bit disappointed with Tyson from an from an event moment, because I'm like, where's the banter, man? Come on. All you've got in your locker is your big sausage and you know, I'll get you your sausage, little man, little man, and motherfucker, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, 
come on, Tyson, man, that's a bit low hand and fruit. Do you, do you know what I think it was? a lot more on form than this. What I think that was, and I, and I kind of like my overall conclusion of this, I think Fu- this, this is the first time that we've seen Fury properly since the Nganu situation, isn't it? He didn't do the post-fight presser. He might have done some interviews afterwards with various channels that he's that he's comfortable with, but he hasn't done anything of that public ilk. And he hasn't been in front of Alexander Usyk since that moment, of course. They, <clears throat> I think he's a, a bit, there was a touch of embarrassment about his, yeah. his behaviour, but there's also, there was also a touch of anger about his behaviour as well. Now, there'll be people out there that will read loads into it, and I suppose we're doing the exact same thing now, aren't we? We're reading into it. We're trying to pick where his head's, where his head's at. I think that's the most craziest thing in the whole of boxing, to try and guess where Tyson Fury's head's at. But for me, I kind of liked the spite in some of the things that he was saying. He looked revved up. He looked... I mean, many people might refer to it as being rattled. I don't look at it like that. I look at it like a guy that has been embarrassed, you know what I mean? He's dropped the ball a touch with the with the Nganu thing. He's come out with a victory, but he dropped the ball. There's no doubt about that. And he has the the feel of of a guy that is going to want to put on the best show of his life. The Nganu thing pre Usyk could be the best thing that's ever happened to Tyson Fury because I th- I think he's riding the crest of a wave. His shit don't stink, mm. and if he if he takes Usyk because the whole chat has been, he's only a middleweight, he's only a middleweight, I'm going to turn up and I'm going to blast this dude, right? If he turns up for Usyk like he turned up for Nganu, he would get beat, as you said, right at the start of this show. I genuinely believe that that Nganu performance could be a bit of a blessing in disguise. It gives him a rocket up his backside. I genuinely think he's going to take this dude so seriously. You can see just the way that he's saying stuff. Yeah, you're right. There was no banter. It wasn't charming. It was aggressive. It was spiteful. But it was like, I'm ready to go now, man. You know what I mean? Which I think if he channels that in his camp, we could see the very best version of Tyson Fury come Feb 17th. Yeah, (coughs) I think you're right. I I think he's definitely, I wouldn't say rattled, but he's not comfortable in his own skin right now. And I think he'll, he'll want to get into camp. Hearing that he's, you know, going to sacrifice Christmas away from his family. Listen, you take everything the Fiori's say with a little pinch of salt, but his manager seemed to insist he was going to, you know, take himself away from the family, have a proper camp, real serious. And he needs to, you know, this is his entire legacy is on the line. This is a massive, huge fight in the legacy of Tyson Fiori, just like it is with Alexander Usyk. So I can kind of understand. I just, I've never really seen Fury uncomfortable in his own skin like that before. Um, and and that, I don't know if it told me a little bit, but Usyk did Usyk. And Fury did this aggressive, you know, kind of like a, bah, bah, bah. you thought, why, why are you turning up doing that, making that noise? Because Usyk's never, ever going to bite. And Usyk's team are never, ever going to bite. This was Tyson's opportunity for me to steal the show. And just be a super entertainer, you know. Again, I, I don't want to flag the big drug cheat that kind of stole the show a little bit yesterday. Although I would say Daniel Dubois stole the show with his uh, with his excellent comebacks. But I'll tell you what, mm. in that comparison, actually, think about yesterday. Think about the press conference yesterday, and think about and I'll I'll pull up a, a post here uh, from Gaz Oaks, which which he posted on another point. I prefer the no nonsense AJ than the fake shit he did for a year. I kind of agree with what that sentiment is. AJ, yesterday, I come away from yesterday's press conference going, 
that's the AJ I like. I like this AJ that's like, right, I've got a chip on my shoulder now. You're going to talk shit about me? Shut your mouth, I'll slap your face. Listen, I hope he keeps that energy inside the ring. Don't get mm, me wrong. Mm. But I like that AJ. I like that AJ that's like, right, it's me against the world, is it? Okay, let's go. And I'm like, brilliant. Take that into camp with Ben Davidson. Again, that was a big shock. Take that into camp. Take it to Otto Wallen. Sensational. He's, you know, he was squaring up to Wallen. I come away from that going, I like where AJ's at. I'm walking onto a foot, five-a-side football pitch and I'm thinking, I'm a little bit disappointed with Tyson's energy. I wanted him to 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 basically have everyone eating out the palm of his hand and have puppet strings over Usyk, even though Usyk wouldn't dance, but just be like, hey, goading him and playing with him and oh my God, and that be the headlines. But instead, I think the headlines tomorrow are going to be very straightforward and maybe even one or two. We'll see it as we've seen it and go, oh, okay. Is there a crack in the Tyson Fury jovial, jovial personality? I, th- I genuinely think it comes back to that. The, the Ngannou performance, mate. You know, he's taking he's taking heat, hasn't he? He'll, he'll obviously say that off the back of that, that he doesn't care what anybody thinks and, you know, I'm the champion of the world and I'm getting paid this, that and the other. But I genuinely believe there's obviously a pride in all of us, isn't there, when it comes to performance. That was not supposed to happen. We're talking about a guy on his boxing debut, an MMA guy. And he put him on his backside. There's an embarrassment factor to that. And he narrowly squeaked past the lad. Narrowly yeah. squeaked past him. For the majority of us, he didn't squeak past him. He got a decision. Yeah. So walking into that room today, there's, you know, your chest isn't as pumped, is it? Your, your shoulders aren't as far back. And you're kind of second-guessing yourself in, in those moments. I, I, I liked the spitefulness, though. I did like that. I liked the nastiness. I liked that, that feel because... I think we can all relate to moments of being embarrassed, can't we? And, you know, having your mm-hmm. pants pulled down and getting shown up a little bit. And if you've got anything about you, which I think Tyson Fury does have, you want to yeah. go back to the grind, you want to get the work in, and you want to yeah. put in, the next time you, they see you perform, I'm going to put on the best performance of my life because I want that to be a distant memory once all said and done. And, and it will be. Do... Oh, mate, and, and if he does, be. if he does, it... everybody forgets what's happened. It, of it, course. It, it becomes, Wow. Fury was unbelievable against the other best guy. He's the undisputed yeah. champion. And, and, you know, and to be fair to, to Fury, you know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, almost on a weekly basis when we discuss the heavyweight division and why we rank Tyson Fury at the top of the tree. And that's because he has got the single best signature wins by any of the heavyweights in the division right now. He may not have as many world title fights and he certainly hasn't got as many world title wins as a, as a couple of the guys around him, AJ in particular. But, the signature win over Klitschko, the signature wins over Wilder. And if he does it, the signature win over Alexander Usyk, it's it's a closed book. It's a, and as you say, the Ngannou debacle, because he won't, his body shape won't be anything like it was against Ngannou. I, I know they reiterated and, and, and Frank will take it to his grave that, you know, Ngannou posed a puzzle that we all expected. We knew he was going to be tough. We knew he was going to be a puncher. Yeah, but, Nobody yeah, expected that. Nobody expected that. They may be expected him to be big, strong, and powerful, mm. but nobody expected him to outbox Tyson Fury for stages. At, at times, but yeah. Tyson got away with one. That, that's the way to look at it. He got away with one. It's behind him now. And the, the real Tyson Fury will turn up on February the 17th. The million-dollar question is, will it be enough against the real Alexander Usyk? And that is the beauty of this fight. This is why now, over the next two or three months, all of us, 
people all watching this, me and you, when we're on camera, when we're on microphone, when we're off camera, when we're this is what boxing is, man. This is how good it can be. And I, I, I wanted to come on and re, kind of reiterate this today, right? Because, yes, last week we were in New York, Madison Square Garden, and we celebrated a British heavyweight doing magnificent things in the world of MMA. And I will keep celebrating that, and I will keep going to these UFC shows, and I will keep banging the drum for it. But I will also always have this thought there is absolutely nothing like covering the heavyweight championship of the world in boxing. Absolutely nothing. I've been very, very fortunate enough to have done it on British soil, American soil, and Middle Eastern soil. I've been all over the world covering heavyweight championship fights. The buzz around a heavyweight championship fight is sensational. Now, before I get comments and people getting sarcastic, saying, well, you won't be covering this one. Yes, I know. All right. There's no, there's no need. There's no, there's no need to come at me like that. But what I'm saying is now, as a fan, I can take a step back and just thoroughly enjoy a, a fight that I've been dreaming about for such a long period of time. And I think every single fight fan has been dreaming about it for ages. We dreamt about it when AJ was champion and trying to get that on with Wilder. We dreamt about it when Fury then managed to beat Wilder and could they get it on with AJ? Okay, all those things fell through and it wasn't to be. We're here now. And we're here now. We know why we're here now. There's a big pot of cash on the table. We get that completely. I'm not really bothered how things have been satisfied. Not, I don't care. All I know is that on February 17th, my eyes are going to be glued to the best two heavyweights in the world. In fact, before 17th, I'm going to be glued to all the fight week, glued to all the press conferences, glued to all the chat, all the content that gets created in and around this. Thinking of different ways of how we're going to converse about it. But then when that bell goes, there is no better, they've done the ring walks, there is no better feeling in the whole of world sport than when the ring gets cleared and these two big giants are stood there and then it's on. It's yeah. the it's the best feeling. I've been, like I said, I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of them. And if you're going to be in attendance for this, you're going to be in for something absolutely sensational. Yeah. The, the Listen, we were blessed enough to be at a heavyweight title fight last week in, at UFC in Madison Square Garden. And and uh, those are incredible moments as well. And, you know, we were blessed to be at a couple of Conor McGregor fights and Habib fights. We've been at the biggest UFC events and they're special. What the UFC lacks in that very pinnacle isn't the atmosphere, isn't the numbers, isn't even the pay-per-view because Conor McGregor sells a lot more pay-per-views. It's the history. Yeah. The fact that you are also sitting ringside for a sporting event that goes back over 100 years. Yeah. The heavyweight championship of the world has been contested back to the, you know, the, the gypsy, gypsy circus, prize fighting days, you know, gentleman gym, all that kind of gear. So you have all that history behind it as well. And suddenly you think, wow, I'm blessed and we're ringside for it. This has an extra element on top because this is a world heavyweight unification and the first time we've seen it in 25 years. The way this sport is, and hopefully, listen, hopefully the Saudis have got different ideas and the way they're putting the money out there and spreading the cash. It might be a regular occurrence, but you never know. It might not be. And we might have to wait another 25 years for another heavyweight unification fight. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Mr. Turkey himself is laughing, looking at the screen right now saying, Nick, you haven't got a clue, kid. There's going to be unifications in every weight division every other month. Mr. Turkey, I hope that is the case. But you never know. It may not happen until 
I'm a grandfather the next time. So, of course, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, I can't wait for it. And I keep thinking to myself, how does the first round play out? How does the second round play out? How does Usyk approach the start of the fight? How does Fury approach the start of the fight? Because regardless of this, of, of the slanging from Fury and the cool karma collecting of Usyk, they both know. They both know this is potentially the toughest test of their careers mm. in terms of a guy at the peak of his powers with a similar high level of boxing IQ and pedigree in the sport. Usyk's pedigree is up there with anybody in the history of the game, from amateur into pro. And and Fury is like something we've never seen before in the heavyweight division because of his physicality and his speed, plus that boxing IQ as well. I'm fascinated by the first three minutes. And I think this fight might have... It might swing three and four different ways over the course of the 12 rounds, should it go 12 rounds. It's absolutely fascinating and I can't wait to spend three months boring fight disciples because we're just going to pick the bones out of it boil them up and make a soup and then drink that as well <sighs> mate tremendous roll on February 17th I'm looking forward to it um retrospectively looking back to yesterday and the fight event that is going to take place before that obviously on December 23rd can, can we just call it the Dubois presser now the Daniel Dubois presser. Is it the Daniel what, Dubois presser? What, what did he say? That that one comment when when Miller was going backwards and forwards and him and AJ had that set to and then Miller said something else and then Frank just went, come on, Daniel, say something. Come on, Daniel, you let him know, kid. Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did Daniel say? Dubois come out with a zinger. Mate, he's, at one point he just went, oi, oi. <laughs> I was like, magnificent. Why say a long sentence of trash talk when you can just go, oi, oi, in a <laughs> sensational black tuxedo? I love Daniel Dubois. He absolutely is comedy gold. I think he's, at this point in time, I think he's like taking the piss out of everyone. I think he's a comedy genius. Do you he's think? Like the next, oh, mate, he's just hilarious. Hilarious. Oi, oi. <laughs> Hey, oh, the best bit about Absolutely that was mega. obviously Yon lad and AJ were going back and forth and the trash talk, listen, they were all getting stuck into it. Like you just said there, I actually like that version of AJ, that spiteful AJ, that nasty AJ, that mm. shut your mouth or I'm going to slap your face type AJ. Bingo. Tremendous, proper old school. But the way that Frank then jumped in and said, hang on a minute, this is Daniel Dubois' fight. So we've got to kind of obviously rev Daniel Dubois up. Daniel's going to sort this out. Come on, Daniel. Come on, like it, like beckoning him up. Come on, Dan. Say something, lad. Say, come on, son. Oi, oi. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my man. My man, my man, my man, my man. Um, obviously, the dust has settled on yesterday's announcement. And listen, I'm not going to back down on it. The, the uh, Obviously, the initial disappointment is that Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are fit rearing to go they've signed to fight on the same night the same car but they're not going to be fighting each other there's going to be disappointment there and there's loads of people out there that will obviously say stop morning stop morning i just don't see the point in wasting time that's yeah. just where i'm at what what's the point in wasting time why are we trying to kick this down the road surely the money's there these dudes have got a ton of cash why do we not just do it now 
as I alluded to yesterday, I believe that Anthony Joshua's path will be towards the IBF. I don't think Deontay Wilder will be next on the table for him. It might be the one after that. It might be the one after after that. I don't know. There's a lot of money there. Everything's up in the air now. Everything that we once knew from the world of boxing has kind of just been thrown into the ether and we're all kind of guessing as to where this is going to go because... As uh, Nick keeps referring to, Mr. Turkey seems to have a, a clear path and direction of the things that he wants to try and make. But personally, I think that after Wallen, should AJ be successful, and it's not an easy fight, it's a bloody tough fight. If he comes through that, then his path will be towards some type of IBF strap against Philip Hergovic. That's where I think that path is going to go, mate. Yeah, uh, and listen, I think a lot of people commented yesterday that that they felt like I was being negative towards the card. And the card itself, the names on the card, I should say, mega. And the the dozen or so, again, the dozen or so promoters that are working together to produce this event on December the 23rd is landmark in boxing. And this is what Fight Disciples have been banging our drum about for almost for seven years. Boxing can do better. Boxing can do better. This is boxing doing better. This is promoters going, right, you know what? Let's just swallow our pride a little bit and let's... And it's all Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Let's just swallow our pride. And stick them big bundles of cash in the boot of our car. But it's like, right, let's all work for the good of boxing. Because the money's here. And this is where the money is. And let's all feast from the same place. And that's a massive progress. My my issue, as as you just pointed out, I could redo this entire card, yeah. and it would be absolutely unmissable. Do it, unmissable. Do it, do it now. Because quite simply, you do Joshua versus Wilder. Yeah, and you do Otto Wallen versus Joseph Parker. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna absolutely throw Jarrell Miller in the bin because he's a drug cheat and shouldn't be anywhere near the sport. Fair. And I'm going to do Mahmoudov versus Frank Sanchez. Oh, then yes. I'm going to do Philip Hergovic against Daniel Dubois. Oh. No idea why Mark Demore's on this card. I-, I thought he'd retired after David A. Bingo'd him in one round a decade ago. Where the hell they've dug him up from to fight Philip Hergovic? I've got no idea. Jesus Christ. But there you go. There's, there's what, four or five fights that would have made this card absolutely unmissed. It would have been part of everybody's Christmas. They want to be like, oh my God, the night after Black Friday, I'm staying in. Look at the fight. It's going to be incredible. Riyadh season, get me a t-shirt. But instead, I feel like it's a bit like, yeah, look what you could have won. He's actually going to fight him. But anyway, listen, it is what it is right now. It's a step in the right direction. This is positive for boxing. Just look at those two top of the bill fights, like the two main fights. Again, you know, with all due respect, Lyndon Arthur against Dimitri Bivol has kind of come out of nowhere, but I'm not going to criticize Lyndon Arthur getting an opportunity, but, you know, come on. But the top two, Wallen is no joke. You know, I'm, I'm not no, saying not. That's, a, a, that's a breeze. <clears throat> this is not a Jermaine Franklin job. This is Otto Wallen, who's coming off the best win of his career. Hmm. He looked absolutely brilliant last time out. I watched that fight in full. He won that fight convincingly against Murat Gassiev, convincingly, regardless of the, the, the terrible one scorecard. He looked great, big, strong, composed in the lion's den a little bit, and he wasn't overawed by it. Don't get me wrong. Massive 
physical difference between that opponent and, and Joshua. But that fight was only a couple of weeks ago. So Otto Wallen's in shape. And bear in mind, Otto Wallen's single career defeat in 27 fights was against Tyson Fury. And any, he probably, you know, if that fight's anywhere else, if that cut man or that doctor's if a little bit in New York, if it's in New ball, York, mate, it gets he stopped. wins. He gets it gets stopped because Fiori's eye was so bad, was so bad. So I don't, I don't think he's he's got nothing to feel negative about. In fact, since that fight, he's gotten better. I think Joseph Parker's got a massive task on his hands against Deontay Wilder, but he's got a team that no no Deontay Wilder because it's a similar team that Fiori works with, yeah. and we don't know where Deontay's head at. You know, Deontay Wilder, who's talked a lot of smack about AJ over the years. Was slapping AJ on the back yesterday, and I hey, great to see you, man, and all that. And I'm like, mate, your energy's changed, Jesus. So I don't know where Wilder's at. And Joseph Parker, maybe can ask him. The problem with Joseph Parker, I love Joseph Parker, absolutely incredible fighter, incredible human being, but I just don't think he hits hard enough to make Deontay Wilder second guess his big shots. Yeah, yeah, and if George Joyce can get you. You would yeah. imagine that Deontay Wilder at some point can get you. I would imagine yeah. at the point of being gotten, Joseph Parker might be up, might be boxing well. You know, he's got really fast hands. He's tough, he's durable. And as you said, he's a top geezer. I just don't know if he pops hard enough uh, to to derail uh, Deontay Wilder. But that card that you've just made, mate, I reckon that's going to do a bit that. I reckon there's yeah. going to be people all over. AJ Wilder, Wilding Parker. What did you say? You said Dubois against Ergovic. Uh, Magmadov against uh, Sanchez. Frank, Frankie Sanchez. There you go. Five cracking fights there. There you go. How do you think this heavyweight roadmap's going to play out? Let's have a little bit of fun with, with people obviously um, participating in the show as well because we've got <clears throat> the Undisputed fight coming up on Feb 17. So we know that there's going to be two of them, right? When I say two, un two of them, I don't mean two Undisputed fights. There's going to be one Undisputed fight. This is my opinion. And then there'll be a rematch between uh, Fury and Usyk at some point. Um, and then I personally believe that the winner of that will probably hold the WBC belt as long as WBC don't do it daft. And I don't think they will because they never do anything daft. They'll let them boys crack on. I think then we might see Francis Ngannou in that conversation with the winner of that. Um I'm going to back AJ to beat Wallen, but I think he's going to have to do it over 12 rounds. I think it's going to be a tough night's work for him. Yeah. Um, to come agree, through. Yeah. Um, Ergovic will take care of Demore, I think, quite comfortably. So, AJ Ergovic for a vacant IBF strap. <laughs> you put your uh, reputation on the line there, saying Ergovic will come through against Mark Demore. Jesus yeah, Christ. Mate, he will do. You know that. Exactly. exactly. Um, what does Wilder do after this? Because yeah. we all want, listen, let's be straight. We all want AJ Wilder, right? We all yeah. want it. But I personally, I might be completely wrong. Saudi Arabia might come with a boatload of cash and say, yeah, but you, listen, you've got, to, you've got to ask the question, why Otto Wallen? And Otto Wallen, because he's yeah. number two with the IBF. Yeah. And why is Hergovic on here in an absolute knockover? Yeah. Well, they don't, they don't want him to lose against anyone, so they brought shipped in Mark Damori. So, as you say, all being well on Christmas Eve, Anthony Joshua, Philip Hergovic, makes absolute sense for a... If, it's, if it happens, a stripped IBF belt in the summer. And AJ then becomes a three-time heavyweight champion of the world. For Wilder, I don't know. Listen, that's down to Wilder and Shelly Finkel to get their negotiating boots on. 
One thing I think the impact of of Saudi Arabia and and Mr. Turkey is if they're splashing the cash like this, and evidently they are splashing the cash like we've never seen before. If Deontay Wilder looks spectacular against Joseph Parker, they're going to be like, "Well, wait a minute, <laughs> we want Wilder in a big fight, and we're going to we're willing to pay for it." Whereas. You know, maybe the Joshua Hergovich fight, even though the IBF would mandate it, might not be as sexy. Where does he? But wait a minute, if we're, we're going to spend all this money, we give you your December twenty third show when you guys kind of dictated. We give you Fury versus Ngannou, where we laid it open. We went, yeah, okay, let's set the scene. We're working together now. We're up and running. We're about to do. We've, we've just done undisputed. We've just done the main fight. We're going to do a rematch there. Not really that interested in AJ versus Hergovic for a belt that really does anyone respect it? Why don't we do AJ versus Wilder? Because that's the second biggest fight in the sport. If everyone's had Fury versus Usyk, we've had a resolution. What's the next big fight? Go, okay, the rematch is coming, but I've seen it now. What about Joshua versus Wilder? Hmm. That's the fight. Mr. Turkey's going to be like, listen, we want eyeballs. We want fans. We're putting money down. So maybe Wilder Joshua isn't as dead in the water as potentially the ratings may suggest. No. And do you know something? I think at that point, I think everybody, every fight, because there's there's still going to be cynics amongst us. And I'm probably one of them. Let, let's say I'm 60, maybe 50% cynic, right? Because we've been doing this for a long time. We've been around this a long time. We've been told a lot of things that haven't materialized. So there's always going to be cynicism, especially from fans that uh, are all in on the sport. And maybe over the last two to three years, you've heard so much stuff. It's maybe diluted your love for the game. This has reignited it. I have no doubt about that. Absolutely reignited it. And your balls are starting to tingle again. I genuinely believe that if, if, Saudi Arabia can make AJ Wilder and there not be a belt on the line for it. That's when I think it changes everything, mate. I, I genuinely believe that that's when it all goes absolutely bang. And this is a really good thing because how many times do we do this podcast where we're saying boxing's in a good place right now? Yeah. Boxing's, boxing's good right now, but nobody believes us. Mm -hmm. Everybody watching this obviously knows that boxing's in a good place because you, you watch boxing every week, you understand the game, you understand the weight divisions, you understand the level of fights that are actually getting made. But everybody else away from being a boxing fan concentrates purely on the heavyweight division. And all you hear in the heavyweight division is talk, or, or that's all we've heard so far is talk. Now the announcement of this fight, people are going to have their ears pricked up. They're going to be looking and going, Fury and Usyk, oh, I know that them two are one and two. This is unbelievable. Boxing's actually doing a fight that we're asked about. If you can follow that up, with AJ versus Wilder, near enough, there you go. You know, straight after it, then all of a sudden, yep. the whole casual audience, the sports audience, starts to have a look at the sport, and everything then starts to filter down. We started, we said at the start of the show, didn't we? We were speaking about undisputed fights, and in this four belt era, if you remember, we started in two thousand and four and two thousand and five with Bernard, Bernard Hopkins and then Jermaine Taylor beat him. And then that was it for 12 years. We didn't have any undisputed fights across all the male weight divisions, which was ridiculous until Terence Crawford became champion in 2017. Over the last two years alone, we've had more, we've crowned more male undisputed champions than the previous 16 years combined. 
Yeah. All these weight divisions are flying, absolutely flying. And still between now and the end of the year, I'm still salivating over Bam versus um, Sonny Edwards. Edwards. Can't wait yeah. for that fight, man. You've got New Way is out as well. Regis against Haney, Inoue mm. and Tapales on Boxing Day. All these are brilliant, brilliant fights with big ramifications that we're obviously speaking about between ourselves on a day-by-day, on a day, week-by-week basis. But then the sport booms if the heavyweight division's booming. And if we do the undisputed fight, and off the back of the undisputed fight, we know that we're going to get a rematch. So we're all excited about that because I'm pretty confident that the first one's going to be a cracker. Yeah. And if, like you say, Saudi Arabia come and then say, oh, yeah, by the way, here's a little bit of a, a mid-year's treat for you. Uh, we're going to do AJ Wilder. Eh? What For what? No, just going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're just exactly. going to do it. We're just going to do it. Lads have agreed. We're paying them. Don't worry about it. And it's on. Mate, the game then literally has changed. Then it just Correct. goes wallop. And okay, as fight fans in the UK, we've been we've had it all the wrong way for a long time, haven't we? For the last five years at least, we've been going to the stadiums, we're going to the arenas, and we've we've had a whale of a time. Mainly thank, thanks down to Anthony Joshua and his rise from the 2012 Olympics. No doubt about that. He took us on a wonderful journey. But things are cyclical, you know. Football teams have great periods of success, and then they don't for a long period of time. We had our moment. We had our moment where it was all here and everything was rocking and rolling. Now it's the moment of the Middle East. And I know it's going to be difficult for a lot of fight fans to, to digest that because we're not going to be in the stadiums for some of these fights. It's it's expensive to travel and all this. I get it completely. But it's on a decent time zone for us. You know, these fights are going to be at a decent time for the majority of British fight fans to be able to consume it. So, mate, if we're getting the fights, fucking stick them on the moon. I couldn't care less where they are. As long as they're happening. Deal mm -hmm. me in. Absolutely deal me in. It genuinely could be something very, very special. I know we're getting carried away and getting a little bit excited about it, but it genuinely could be. And this is what we all want, isn't it? We all want to be in this position. Of course. Absolutely. Of course we do. And, you know, there's another conversation here about, and, and Robin Hood's, I think we just started it there, or someone I just noticed, yeah, Robin Hood there in the comments talking about actually paying too much of the four. He's not worth 100 million. He's only should be commanding the highest fee. Listen, the, the, the fees in their heavyweight division have always been extortionate, certainly of late. You know, every, every athlete on the planet wants Saudi Arabian paid heavyweight money. Even fucking Lionel Messi would get into a boxing ring <laughs> for the type of money that Saudi Arabia are putting on the table for these heavyweights. But that's the biz. That's the nature of the business. This is prize fighting at the end of the day, and you can't deny that these heavyweights, more than any other weight division, are putting their lives on the line when they step into that ring, and um, they're going to take as much money out of the sport as they can possibly get. And if this is where the money is, there's been a seismic shift. It's no longer Las Vegas, certainly not for the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division now, all singing, all dancing, belongs to Saudi Arabia. But as long as Mr. Turkey demands the biggest fights and they happen regularly, then I think that's progress. Uh, good times, man. Good times indeed. Listen, just a little bit of a flag for you uh, because I, f I genuinely feel sorry for the fighters that are actually fighting this week because there's some good fights and, and a good card, especially going on in Manchester this week, but it's kind of been dwarfed and, dwind and nobody's actually speaking about it because of these monumental uh, press conferences. And that's fair enough. I get it because these are fights that you've been dreaming of. Well, this is a fight that you've been dreaming of and, uh, and getting excited of uh, for a long period of time. But we have done a preview podcast, which is available on our YouTube channel. You can go there and, uh, and check it out. 
as we build up to the best domestic uh, card of the year involving uh, Nick Ball and Isaac Dobby. That's taking place in Manchester uh, this Got weekend. Podcast on that on YouTube. Yes, should be an absolute crack. It's also available uh, via audio as well. Uh, is there anything else that you want to tackle uh, before uh, we, <laughs> we clear off? I'm just laughing at the amount of people that are coming up with different names for the gentleman responsible for the money in Saudi Arabia. I'm not going to try and butcher his name, but you've butchered it about six or seven times on this show. Yeah, then... mate. He follows me on social media. He's one of the lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling the prince's name. No. Absolutely. Anyway, listen, we might be in Saudi. We probably won't be in Saudi. If we're not, we'll do a live watch along. There you go. We'll we'll definitely commit to a live watch along. What on the twenty third? No well, maybe on the twenty third. That's not a bad shout. Maybe do a, a practice run on the twenty third and then come at it strong on Sn- February snowballs. 17th. Snowballs oh, on the twenty yes. third. Oh mate. Mince pies and snowballs. Snowballs, sprouts, you name it. We'll have a proper watch-along party. There we go. There you go. Uh, Listen, earlier on, I did see something. Um, People commenting on this hoodie that I'm wearing. Obviously, it's the new Fight Disciples hoodie. Have you got any information for uh, anybody on the the new gear? Because there's been questions there. You can see Bradley asking the question about the new gear. Yeah. No. You've not done anything with it, have you not? I I I told everybody that this would happen, didn't I? He's come up with something half decent and he's done absolutely nothing with it whatsoever. Christmas 2024, coming at you. Hmm. Um, Anyway, thank you very much. We thought we'd jump on um, uh, and give you a a reaction to uh, the press conference that we've just watched there. Exciting times. The Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World is on February the 17th. Can't wait for that to go down. (laughs) Stop, stop, stop. Putting messages on the screen, mate. <laughs> Our producer just pissing himself in the back there, just putting all this random shit on the screen. Leave it now. Leave it. Um, Feb 17th, Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World. Cannot Woo! wait for that one. Uh, and December the 23rd, you've got AJ versus Wallen, which is an incredibly tough fight. Wilder versus Parker, a bit of jeopardy in there. Um, and then, of course, uh, some big names in, uh, in the undercard too. It is what it is, that card. But listen. I think we all agree that we are going in the right direction. This is much better than it was a year ago. Remember a year ago when they served up Derek Chisora no. for no. Tyson Fury? Do you remember no. that? No, I'm not. I don't want to talk about that. It's gone. I just want to talk about the joy of of Santa Turkey and the presence that he's bringing. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not going to be allowed to go to Saudi Arabia now. Tremendous, man. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the channel. Nick will do a Nick's Picks uh, on tomorrow uh, on the channel. And I've no doubt he'll be looking ahead to everything that's going on in Manchester. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that he's back in uh, Nick Ball. But I'll leave it for the video so you can go and check that out. Um, don't forget Shakur Stevenson. He's fighting tonight. Don't miss that oh, because yeah. who knows? We might even jump on tomorrow morning and give you a quick review uh, of that as well. And then make sure you come back and join us on Monday. Uh, because on Monday we'll have a full review of everything that happened at the weekend. And, of course, we'll get stuck into uh, the MMA stuff as well as Paul Craig takes on Brendan Allen in uh, the UFC. So if you're a big fan of that as well, there'll be two podcasts for you on Monday to get stuck into. Thank you for your patience this week. I know it's been a little bit all over the place, but we're getting there eventually. And thank you very much for joining us on the uh, on the live stream as well. On the day that they announced, finally announced, there's been chat forever. They've talked the talk, now they're walking the walk. Feb 17th, Tyson Fury is going to fight. Alexander Usyk. We'll catch you next time. 
Fight Disciples.